So, of course, that was the Hallelujah Chorus uh, by the Cambridge Singers and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Of course, uh, one that we always play here on Sacred Space each Sunday morning to start off our programme because, as we often say in the programme, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And this Easter Sunday morning, this being the 1st of April, a wonderful day for the church and a wonderful day for Sacred Space to begin broadcasting here on West Limit 102. Help me to promote the program, sorry, to um, present the program this morning. My good friend, Shane Ambrose, somewhere. Good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. It is a wonderful Easter morning, although the weather might not be so favourable. But a wonderful Easter morning, none the same, because later on during the programme we might hear a little bit more about that. But just to start off the programme, as we usually do, we want to welcome those people who are joining us from wherever you're you're listening, maybe some part of the world, uh, maybe local here in West Limit 102 local radio, uh, maybe Rathkeel, maybe Eskeaton, maybe Newcastle West, wherever you are, you're welcome and thank you indeed for joining us for another episode, as we say, of Sacred Space. Uh, we a special welcome, as usual, to those who are sick. And we know there's people who are sick because we're notified of them and we're asked to pray for them and we indeed ask our listeners to remember, especially these days, these people maybe who, because of the weather, the cold weather and so on and so forth, can't get out as much as what they could normally. Might be nobody there maybe to give them a little bit of a phone call, a little bit of a knock on the door sometimes, just asking them how they are. But we welcome those of you who are sick and who are listening to us this morning those of you, again, who are lonely, maybe somewhere out there, for searching for some hope, we pray that this hour, as usual, will be will help you to be able to be open to the Holy Spirit, to what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. The broadcast this morning uh, includes, um, in part two, Father Frank Dewick, the parish priest of Newcastle West, joins me to reflect on Easter Sunday. And in part three of the programme this morning, Father Frank again reflects with us as we um, read and reflect on the Gospel for Easter Sunday. Due to our own different diary dates and so on and so forth, uh, myself and Shane uh, this week just couldn't manage to get together and the dates and times that suit everybody, but we said we'd do the best we could in terms of bringing Father Frank anyway onto the programme because Father Frank schedule, and we thank Father Frank, there's been a very busy Easter week. He found some time during the week to come out to our Come and See studio here in Ada and join us, and we thank Father Frank for that. To remind people again, this programme is broadcast again on West Limit 102 Local Radio at 11pm tonight. And a podcast of this programme is available on our blog, our website, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And for that, we want to thank Shane again for putting all that information up. There's so much information up there these days in terms of access to various sites and various resources on, on both the right and I think the left even sometimes of the programme. Um, he's got it very nicely arranged for us. And thanks, Shane. To be able to go back to listen to various podcasts over the years, you've segregated them out into maybe popular ones and various years, Shane. Must keep you going. <laughs> it does. It keeps me a little busy. And uh, the new, of course, our new podcasts uh, on uh, Buzzsport uh, are also up there for people to be able to listen to as well. Um, so yeah, so it's yeah, no, the blog it's 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 doing well at the moment, but it's 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 
it's it it, uh, it it it's it's getting a bit of traffic, John. I suppose is the best way we can say it. Well, the only thing we could do, as we said here, we tried to make this as available as wide as as wide as possible, and we said we would try it this bus sprout uh, and see how accessible that is to to people outside. I mean, then we would say we'd review it after a few months. But in the meantime, thank you again for joining us. If you want to contact me or contact us at Sacred Space, you can do so by emailing sacredspace102 at gmail.com. You can telephone the local radio station here in Newcastle West, which is 069 I can write a letter or a note into Sacred Space, care of West Limit 102 Radio, Station Road, Newcastle West, County Limerick. Now, at this part of the programme, we usually go through Saints for the Week, but because... This is Easter week, Shane. Things change a little bit. Maybe you want to just yes. let us know. Hmm. So, yes. So things change a little, <laughs> a little this week. So as John said, we don't have any celestial guides. So last week, people remember with Holy Week, Holy Week takes precedence over all the saints' feast days. And it's again for the coming week. And we're celebrating what's called the Octave of Easter. Now, in the church's calendar, we only have a couple of octaves left. An octave now is eight days or a week and basically the main ones are the Christmas octave and the Easter octave. And what it is, is basically in a liturgical sense, the church stops time. Because they're trying to mark a very special occasion and to prolong generally a celebration. So what happens for the next week is if you attend Mass any day after Easter Sunday for a week, the parts of the Mass, the prayers of the Mass... Uh, will be the same as they were for Easter Sunday. And the idea is that liturgically, we extend the celebration of Easter f- for eight days because, of course, it's such a special ca- time. Then at the same time, also just to say to people that we, of course, have celebrated or, you know, or we will complete 40, have completed 40 days of Lent. And you are encouraged to celebrate 50 days of Easter. Now, that isn't an excuse to go on a binge and eat chocolate for 50 days. But, <laughs> you know, Easter time, Easter tide is what we're now entering into. Uh, it's 50 days from now until Pentecost. And it's a time, it's a time of celebration and joy. And for us to once more to be able to sing Alleluia. Yeah, thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. Um, just to remind people again that... Um, as Shane said, Easter time uh, continues on from now until Pentecost Sunday. And Father Frank would remind us later on in the programme today, um, there's a beautiful readings uh, the church uh, during Mass, at, at Mass these days. It's from the Acts of the Apostles, which of course tells the story of the early church and how the, the, the people used to um, have their own trials and tribulations and challenges at that time. We have them ourselves these days, of course, we know, but we do the best we can, and with the Holy Spirit uh, around us, to work through those, and whatever we do, remember that we are proclaiming the good news, the word of the Lord. Never to get too excited in terms of people's politics and so on and so forth, but just remember, this is God's earth, this is God's creation, and we do with the best we can to try and uh, make that very respectful. What I want to do at this stage of the programme, if I could now this morning, is to pray a spiritual communion prayer. And this is for those who are sick and housebound, and those people who'd love to get to Mass this morning. Uh, maybe those people can't even maybe even access a TV or a radio where they might be able to access Mass. Maybe the Mass from the Vatican, where Pope Francis, of course, will be celebrating the Easter Sunday morning Mass. Or even Indeed, mass- John. 
And of course, this morning, one of the things that people will notice from the celebration of the Mass at the Vatican this morning is the ceremony of the Pope opening the icon of the Resurrexit. Now, the Resurrexit is a large silver encased icon of Jesus sitting enthroned, the Resurrexit Christ. And it was a ceremony that was re-established in 2000 by Pope John Paul II. Now, the Resurrexit, it's an icon of, of Jesus, and the original of it sits in the chapel, which is at the top of the Scala Sancta in Rome. Now, the Scala Sancta is the Holy Stairs, and it's across the street from the, John, the, the, the Basilica of St. John in the Lateran. And it used to be what was called the Pontifical Chapel, and it used to be the place where the most precious of relics uh, and icons and religious artefacts were kept by the popes in Rome. And in, this included this beautiful tradition on Easter Sunday morning that the that Peter, the, the Pope, the successor of Peter, mm-hmm. went to venerate this beautiful icon called the Resurrexit. And of course, it fulfills that beautiful Easter greeting, Christ is risen, Alleluia, Alleluia, and has appeared to Simon Alleluia, Alleluia. So it's it's it it was it was a tradition that was restarted in 2000 during the Great Jubilee by Pope John Paul II. So a newly commissioned version of this beautiful icon of Jesus uh, on re- uh, the resurrected Jesus, and the Pope will incense and venerate that icon this morning before the start of the Mass in, in St Peter's Square. And it's just it's 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 a lovely ceremony, and it's 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 that whole thing again that you know Peter, the successor of Peter proclaims the joy of Easter morning to the world, to all the Christian faithful. Christ is risen. Alleluia, alleluia. But of course, John, we have to be careful, of course, this morning, because we, of course, are anticipating Easter for our neighbours and our fellow Christians in the Middle East, because those that follow the Orthodox Church are a week behind us. So for them, today is their Palm Sunday. And they will celebrate Easter Sunday next week. And that's due to the fact that they follow a slightly different calendar to ourselves. So in 2018, they're they're celebrating a week behind. So that means like, for example, in some countries in the Middle East, you have two Easter's. So, for example, in in the Holy Land itself or in Lebanon or in Jordan, there's Easter Sunday this week for the for the Catholic Christians. And then there's another Easter Sunday next week, next week for the Orthodox Christians. So just, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a just a, a quirk of the calendar this year. Last year, we were able to celebrate Easter all together at the same time. But this year, it's just it it ever it is ever so slightly different. Um, so it's it's uh, you know it's it's very much a global feast as we celebrate today for Easter, and it's one thing I suppose that we should you know pay attention uh, to because of course the resurrection and Easter is the whole point of, of why we are Christians because without you know there's no point to be a Christian, but also at this difficult time for many Christians in the world you know while we're still settling down to celebrate our uh, celebrate our Easter ceremonies over the last couple of days. There are countries where it is very difficult to be a Christian. In particular, we're thinking this morning of Christians who will find it difficult to celebrate Easter in China, in particularly, say, in Saudi Arabia, in North Korea, in Vietnam, and, say, in, the, in North Sudan, and also, you know, in, in parts of, Cent- of Central African Republic, the Democratic Republic of Congo. So it's those types of countries where it's still, you know, people are still dying because they are Christian. And on this Easter morning, we should, I suppose, remember them and pray for them in a particular special way. Um, you know, and join our, join our prayer with that of Pope Francis. 
you know, who is constantly referring to the, the, the issue of martyred Christians in the world. But of course, you know, it is Easter morning. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to rejoice. We have marked and completed our Easter ceremonies, our, our, Lenten, sermon, our Lenten observance, I should say, sorry. And of course, we have come through the Holy Tridium uh, from Holy Thursday night to Good Friday to Easter to Holy Saturday. And now, of course, we celebrate today, Easter Sunday morning. And of course, to all of our listeners out there this morning who made the effort to get up for the dawn masses around the county this morning, uh, I know they're a very popular thing, particularly in Limerick, actually. Dawn, mm. The dawn masses have been very popular, particularly and have grown in popularity over the last 10 years. So for those that got up this morning, well done. Uh, because of course it is. It, I think dawn was it, was at seven. I think this morning, John. I'm not too sure, Sharon. To be honest with you, I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's so that's 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 that's, that's how we stand in terms of Easter this Easter Sunday morning. Shane, thanks a lot for that. No, I just wanted to pray this spirit of communion prayer, and this is again for those people who can't get to mass this morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Just before I go for our first bit of music here, I just want to remind people again, Father Frank Dewey joins us in studio um, for part two and part three of the programme this morning. Um, it's well worth listening to. Um, uh, as I have to say here in the programme, um, this programme is all about hope and good news. And if you listen to Vada Frank now this morning, uh, our chat, it's all about hope and good news and love. You know, that, that, that God loves us so much and that's what Easter was all about. But in the meantime, uh, let's go for our first bit of music. And this one is by... Uh, Monica Brown, and this one is entitled because, of course, it's it's uh, such a joyful day. Um, let's celebrate and dance. So let's do this. God's people here, one in God's presence. May all who come find a welcome space to sing their praise to God. Celebrate and dance with joy, lift up your hearts to God. Celebrate and sing your Listen to God's holy word in all its richness. May the wisdom of God speak to our hearts and find a home in us. Celebrate and dance with joy. Lift up your hearts to God. Celebrate and sing. Sing of God's love. 
So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And this wonderful day, the, the day when we all rejoice uh, in the Lord because it's Easter Sunday. To help me reflect on Easter Sunday and indeed Easter time, delightful for me to welcome into the studio again Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West. Good morning to you, Father Frank. How are you? Good morning, John. Thanks very much. Very well. Thanks again for joining me this morning, Father Frank. Because Father Frank, as people often uh, will remember, I often mention Father Frank here in the programme because uh, Father Frank shares with about 30 of us, uh, 20 to 30 of us, each uh, Monday evening from 8.15 to 9.15 in the Paris Centre in Newcastle West. And thanks indeed for that, Father Frank, because it certainly opens up the Word of God for us and sees how it applies to our own lives. Now, um, Easter Sunday. There might be people out there, Father Frank, who maybe listen to this programme, maybe locally, maybe in different parts of the world, who mightn't be too aware why one billion Christians celebrate so much about Easter Sunday. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I suppose the, the simple reality is, John, that if uh, if what we celebrate an uh, Easter Sunday uh, didn't happen, then our lives would be very, very different. The, the big thing, obviously, that we celebrate on Easter Sunday is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, from the dead. And um, that is the very central belief of our Christian faith. And um, that is what opened up uh, eternal life to us. Jesus rose from the dead and went back to the Father and opened for, for us the, the way to eternal life. And um, I, can't, I don't know of anything more significant that, that ever happened in our world. I think most uh, people out there might be thinking, well, I, I thought Father Frank would say now that Christmas Day is the most important day and the biggest day. Well, obviously it? Christmas is very, very important, you know. I mean, obviously if Jesus hadn't come, we wouldn't be talking about Easter Sunday. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think that, um, uh, I think everybody is aware of the importance of Christmas, you know. Mm-mm. But I think there's a need for us to, to recover the importance of Easter. You know, I mean, if you just look at a simple thing like our numbers in church, you know, they're so different mm. uh, at Easter compared to... Um, but Easter. like uh, Easter, the, what we celebrate is the Paschal mystery, the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus. And um, there, there is nothing. It's known as the mystery of faith. Um, there's nothing more important than that in our Christian faith. And if Christ hadn't risen from the dead on Easter Sunday, all the miracles in the world, he'd be forgotten by now. But I suppose it's also important to remember that Easter um, Sunday doesn't happen without Good Friday. Yeah, that's, yeah, and I mean, that's the bit we don't like, I suppose. You know, we, I never met anybody saying um, that if there's heaven that they don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. I met people saying they don't believe in it. But I never met anybody saying, that, well, uh, I, oh, yeah, it may be there, all right, but I don't want to go there. Uh, we all want to go, naturally. It's a human thing. It's a, it's a good news story, um, Easter Sunday. And we want that. But like, but in the, in the whole Christian message, the, 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 the passion, the suffering, and the death of Christ is an integral part of resurrection as well. The whole package goes together, so to speak. And so it's very important that when Jesus was in the tomb for three days, that he did rise from the dead. Without that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I often use the phrase, John, that he would be only a footnote in history. Yeah. If he hadn't, you know, despite all the miracles, 
He'd be remembered as some kind of a magician or wonder worker, but he conquered our greatest enemy, death. And so that's why we rejoice so much. That's why it's so important oh, yeah, to us. Yeah, it's all it's about the conquering of death. We're all very familiar with death. We take, find it very hard to get our heads around resurrection. Talking about that, our heads around resurrection, there's so many people out there who maybe even get turned off because they can't accept this. I mean, how can that intellectually, how can I work this out? Yeah, well, you see, the mistake is to try to work it out at the intellectual level, you know, because it, it is a mystery. I think, think, by the way, that that's maybe why the Christian faith is a struggle for a lot of people today, maybe more than in the past, that um, because they don't understand it, they won't accept it. I don't understand it, John. Pope Francis doesn't understand it. I never met anybody, and there is nobody who understands how Jesus rose from the dead. We believe it. Why do we believe it? We believe it because, uh, first of all, Jesus promises so much, and then uh, the evidence, while there are no witnesses, as Father Dennis McBride says, there are no witnesses to the resurrection. All we have is witnesses to the truth of the resurrection, but nobody in anywhere in the scriptures has said, I saw him leave the tomb. There are no witnesses to the resurrection in, in that sense. So it's a matter of faith, it's a matter of belief, but, it's, uh, but the, the arguments for it are compelling. Mm. Uh, we might talk a little bit later on about the Acts of the Apostles. And we'll, you know, yeah, yeah. Quite but you know what, um, also, I mean, maybe quite a few of us don't also get their head around this idea, and you just mentioned it there for a second, um, eternal life. Why we believe in the resurrection? Because he's given us eternal life, and maybe speak to us a bit about that. I mean, yeah, well, eternal life, I mean, again... How, how could there be something that never ends? Exactly, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, so, of course, again, it's, it, it's, it's just so central to the teaching of Jesus. You know, he came, he came with, a, with a central focus in his life to open up this good news story to us that there is life after death, that our greatest enemy, death, can be conquered and that there is life after life that goes on into eternal happiness uh, with God. And it's mind-boggling, and we don't understand it. But what you're saying is we don't have to understand it. No. We, we believe in it. We believe it. And, but we don't believe blindly. Mm. We believe because if you, if you look through the Gospels and the whole teaching of Jesus, the, the, the evidence for it is very, very compelling. Mm. And um, so like, and I, I, I feel a bit sad when I see people... Um, you know, throwing the resurrection out, you know. Yeah. But they've mm-hmm. never they've never read the Gospels, they've never read the Acts of the Apostles, they've never reflected really on it. Mm. And that's a great pity, like, because the evidence is compelling. Speaking about the Acts of the Apostles, um, we, we go through the next, I think, six or seven weeks um, of the Easter season where we read the Acts of the Apostles. Speak to us a little bit about what the Acts of the Apostles is all about. Yeah, what, the Acts of the Apostles really, John, is, is history. It's the history of the early church, the church founded by Christ. It's the history of that, and um, it's an amazing story too, like where all the, the apostles and then, well, first of all, the, the 12 apostles, you know, the way they went out with great courage to various parts of the world, spreading the message of Christ, and they were fearless. Mm. And there's lovely stories there of Peter being in prison and, you know, and, he, mm. and appearing outside the prison and whatever. Mm. And um, so they, they became very heroic 
in their witness to the gospel because they've now the power of the spirit in them. Because Easter, as you referred to there a little go a little while ago, goes from Easter Sunday to Pentecost Sunday when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the secret. That's what changed yeah. the apostles. First of all, the witness of the resurrection. But the courage comes from the ongoing, constant courage against all kinds of trials comes from the responding to the Holy Spirit within them. The Holy Spirit, of course, was in the heart of us all. Now, to come back to the Acts of the Apostles, a very powerful figure in the Acts of the Apostles is Paul, mm. who, of course, spent his early life persecuting the followers of Jesus. And even, you know, it, it is in the Acts of the Apostles that Paul, so to speak, held the coats mm-hmm. of the people who were stoning Stephen, the first martyr to death, stoning him for his belief in Christ, for his belief in a risen Christ. And um, and that's, you see, with a lot of martyrs in the early church, you know, because um, martyr means witness, people bearing witness to the risen Christ, people couldn't take, they said, this is crazy. Mm. And they just eliminated them, you know. Um, but Paul became one of the great figures of the Acts of the Apostles. It's, it's, it's just a very interesting book to read, even outside of faith. Yeah, outside of faith. This major figure, like, you know, and got shipwrecked, you know, and uh, three mm-hmm. missionary journeys around Greece, and ancient Greece and Asia Minor, Asia Minor and all those places. And we also you know, know within the Acts of the Apostles that there's also other witnesses, maybe, maybe not as large a figure as Paul. And that leads me back on to ourselves. Um, we... Um, as uh, disciples, if you like, of Christ, have our role to play too in terms of witnessing to the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, we are called to be witnesses. And I suppose, to be honest, uh, John, you know, a lot of people struggle with this today. Like, you know, there's almost a kind of keep it to themselves. You know, you often heard me say you cannot be a private Christian. Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to be a Christian or not is your own private decision, but you cannot keep, if you claim to be Christian, you cannot keep it private. That doesn't mean you go out shouting in the butter box no, at the no. end of the street, but you must be prepared to bear witness. And where do you bear the witness? Wherever you are, within your family, within your workplace, mm-hmm. in the local pub or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Not preaching, but just being prepared where the opportunity arises to stand up for your faith and not be apologetic about it. And maybe sometimes uh, people have a uh, fear of that because they're going back again to this intellectual thing. That's well, right. if somebody comes up and says, prove that to me. Oh, that, that's right. And they're afraid of facing that. Yeah, that's it, you see. And I mean, and like that's like it's, it's the whole thing about mystery, you know. How comfortable mm. is today's culture with the notion of mystery? Yeah. It's a good question, you know what I mean? And especially now that we can understand so much more and you can press a button on the computer and it coughs up all the answers. And that can breed a mentality kind of saying, well, eventually we'll understand everything. And if we come across something that we can't understand, then it's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a, a mystery gets rubbished yeah, yeah. in today's, and that's the core of the problem in the drift away from the Christian faith today. And you mentioned there, just before we leave this section, you mentioned there early on about the heart, mm. um, that Jesus went through all of this mm. because he loves us. Because he loves us, and and you see, and that's, he was asked, like, you know, everyone knows, like, Jesus was asked to sum up all his teaching, and he gave a very simple answer. A simple answer, but extraordinarily difficult challenge in it. Mm-hmm. He said, love God and love your neighbor. 
So he said, that's what we have to do. The vocation of the Christian is to love. And uh, and that's why, you know, he made such statements, uh, you know, it's an extraordinary thing about little children. Mm-hmm. We're taught in the gospel, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to touch them, and the disciples turned them away. Yeah. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and he said to them, let the little children come to me, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. To such as these. Why could he say that? Because their hearts are so capable of love and responding to love. There's no cynicism has taken over in their life, you know, there's no questions, doubts, that the the child has no bother believing what mommy and daddy tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have no bother returning love. And you know, um, just before we leave this section now, I know we, we are we are going to speak about the uh, resurrection in the gospel. But one of the thoughts that just crossed my mind there now is maybe you touched on there about the acts of the apostles, and maybe those of us who attend mass, uh, Sunday mass, and maybe weekday mass, can maybe uh, lend a, a special ear, maybe during the Easter session season to the acts of the apostles and try and pick up how the struggles and how ordinary people. Oh, yeah. Back in 2000 years ago, we're struggling oh, yeah. with. Exactly, yeah, you know, and see how the church got on at that, those initial stages, you know, and those exciting for this new movement started by Jesus. And for people especially who go to daily Mass, I would say to them, like, you know, to pay special attention to that first reading yeah. right through most of the days, uh, apart from special feasts or whatever, mm-hmm. during that uh, Easter, what we call Easter tide, that time up to the Pentecost. Yeah. And it's a fascinating story, like, and it just... You'd be amazed, you know, uh, what you find there, you know. And, and maybe one of the things we, we, we find there too is today we have a bit of a struggle because of the cultures against us and so on and so forth. Back in those days, back in the Acts of the Apostles, there were people having to go with those people too. And oh, do I? Yeah, it's in Chumilwood. I mean, sure, we've only to... If you, if you listen, if you're going to daily Mass all the last six or seven weeks and the readings there, you know, in the Gospel from St. John, all the, the discussion between Jesus and the, yeah. and the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and you know, and we were told only a few days ago they, they, they were determined to kill him, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and he, he's asking, for which of my good deeds do you want to kill me? Like, you know, but there was a... There was a, a thing building up against him all the time, and, and that continued afterwards as well. Lots of people were martyred in the early church because Christianity challenges, John. And we don't like being challenged, especially when challenges us at the core of our being and asks us to change something radical within ourselves. We don't like that. And so you shoot the messenger. That's so easy. Listen, thank you, Father Frankfurt, for sharing those few thoughts with us about Easter Sunday. Uh, of course, we'll have more about that and the Gospel, and also the Easter season. So in the meantime, we'll go for a bit of music in this part of the programme. Again, it's from the Emmanuel community, from their album He Is Alive, and this one, very aptly, Rejoice. So let's listen to this.
So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me and staying with us for this Sunday morning programme. Coming from a Come and See studio here in Ireland. Thanks again to Father Frank, who's still joining me, and where we read and reflect on the Word of God, which we always do on this part of the programme. But before that, there's a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And this is when we pray at our, our Lecture Divina meetings every Monday night, again, Paris Centre, Newcastle West, 8.15 to 9.15. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So that's the prayer we always pray. And now for the Gospel for today, I invite Father Frank to read the Gospel for us, please, for Easter Sunday. Okay, John, and our Gospel is taken, as a number of the Gospels in recent Sundays, from the Gospel of St. John. It was very early on the first day of the week, and still dark, when Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been moved away from the tomb and came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter set out with the other disciples to go to the tomb. They ran together, but the other disciple, running faster than Peter, reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloths lying on the ground, but did not go in. Simon Peter, who was following, now came up, went right into the tomb, saw the linen cloths on the ground, and also the cloth that had been over his head. This was not with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. He saw, and he believed. Till this moment they had failed to understand the teaching of Scripture that he must rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Father Frank. So that's the Gospel for the Easter Sunday, from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1 to 10. If I had a Frank, you might share some thoughts with us. Or? Yeah, and then maybe just a little bit first about uh, the, the context, you know, mm-hmm. of the, and a few bits of explanation before we try to see what the message is. Um, it was very early, you know, I suppose, uh, curiosity in us, as I said, how early was it? Mm-hmm. I suppose we don't know for certain, but um, the scholars say that it was most likely between 3 and 6 a.m., um, that was what they called the fourth watch of the night. There were four three-hour watches. And and this, from the Greek word that is used, the word proi, for very early, would suggest that it was just so probably between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And so there's Mary of Magdala at this unearthly hour heading off to the tomb. Why is she going there? She's going there to anoint the body of Jesus. People were buried in tombs above the ground, not 
like as in ours, buried in the earth. Mm-hmm. And so it was the custom to go and anoint the body for the first three days after death. And that was connected with a belief that the Jews had that the spirit of the per- hovered over the body for three days after uh, death. And so uh, and the other reason, of course, that uh, Mary is going at this time was she couldn't go the day before the Sabbath, the Saturday, mm-hmm. because it was again the Sabbath regulations for her to go that distance from one and secondly to to do to do this uh, very strict Sabbath regulations, as, as you're aware. So that explains why, well, we, we will look later about what was really in her heart as she went, uh, which, of course, is a huge factor in her going there as well. And she's, it tells us here that she saw that the stone had been moved away from the tomb. Now, in another account of the Gospels, um, they tell us that Mary was saying to the others who went with her, and before they actually saw the tomb, she said, how are we going to roll back the stone if we're to anoint him? Because it's been a very heavy, very heavy stone. But now we discover here that the question didn't arise. The stone was rolled back. But very interestingly, John, Mary's first thought is not that Jesus had risen. The people that say the early Christians, the apostles, concocted this story, all the evidence is against that. Mary, the last thing Mary was expecting was to find Jesus risen from the dead. And we see that there, our immediate thought is they have stolen the body. And so she rushed back to Peter and to say, we don't know where to have put the body. And then Peter and John came and so forth and ran. And Peter threw the farm. When he arrived up after John, he went straight into the tomb, headlong, like always. And, um, and they, just as Mary said, and the, the other thing that I'd point to there, just by way of, context and background is that the detail is very interesting. The thing about the cloths, you know, there would have been a cloth around his feet, there would have been cloth around his loins and a cloth around his head. Mm-hmm. And they were in exactly that position. You had the cloth around his feet down below and then you had the others around halfway up around his loins and then, and so and death is seen by the scripture scholars as very significant because if someone stole the body, they wouldn't have placed these things so carefully. Mm. And the Protestant scholar Barclay that I often quote to you, John, mm. he has a beautiful phrase there that he uses. He says that it's as if Jesus' body evaporated out of the cloths, okay. which I think is a beautiful... Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, and um, so, but that detail suggests a, an eyewitness account. And of course, the person writing this gospel is almost certainly the one referred to as the other disciple, the one who was with Peter. You mentioned that early on, I suppose, we'd all think, um, what was in Mary's mind there now, do you reckon, now? And well, like, from, from what we know, Mary had been a sinner and had been, and uh, Jesus was the only person who was able to take the guilt of her sins away. Yeah. And Mary was not just a sinner, but she knew she was a sinner, she felt guilty, and she, she uh, and the love she had for Jesus was based on the, the foundation of having experienced forgiveness from him for her sins. So that that love that would have been so strong, because she would have been weighed down by the guilt of her life, mm. and it would have been so strong, that must have been a compelling force 
uh, for Mary as well, as well as the technical reasons I gave you for she yeah, going yeah, yeah. Sunday rather than Saturday and so forth. And uh, so I think she's very much driven on by a, an appreciation of Jesus' forgiveness and the love he showed in forgiving her. If we could only take some of that ourselves, maybe sometimes, you know, when, yeah. when we've messed up and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, of course, I suppose, John, we don't mess up today. You see, as far as a lot of people are concerned, we don't sin. There's no sin, you see. And, I, and you know, I, when, I hear, when I hear people saying things that indicate that sin was only a concoction of the, the Catholic Church, um, I can, what a horrible mistake Jesus made. Because he died because of our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of all humankind. He died to rescue us from the effects of our sins and bring us a whole new good news story that we talked about earlier. You know, you, you, I was speaking that about people messing up and so on and so forth, and we're, we're back to, to our friend Peter, you know, and, and Peter there on Good Friday, like he, he denied Jesus three times. Yeah. And yet Mary, Mary Magdalene and, 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 and John, we assume it's John, the other disciple, were, were able to run to Peter. I mean, Peter was still hanging around. One would have thought that after Peter went through what he went through in terms of denying Christ, he'd have got out of town. Exactly, and I'm afraid to show his face, yeah. like we say, you know. But I, my own kind of take on that is that Peter was full of faults, and he's an interesting guy from your point of view, my point of view, every human being's point of view, because it shows, uh, Peter's life and his story shows us that um, human weakness on our part does not mean that we can't be witnesses to Jesus. And Peter was full of human weakness. But Peter, there was one thing Peter knew. Peter knew that he loved Jesus. And that he would, that he's, he was hundred percent behind Jesus and his message, and that helped Peter to forget the denial and forget mm-hmm. the other. He knew he loved him, and he was able to kind of push aside his faults and carry on as if nothing had happened. He was driven on by love, and according, we've already talked about Mary Magdalene, driven by the love mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. forgiven, and we've talked about Peter now, and of course John. John is the one that writes most eloquently about Jesus' love for us. And it was he it was that came up with that wonderful, wonderful phrase, God is love. Um, A phrase very beloved of our last Pope, Pope Benedict. Um, God is love, Deus es caritas. It was John in one of his epistles, not in his gospel, and what John is saying, John got such a grasp, probably from his late night chats with Jesus, he got such an appreciation of God's love for us that um, he, he, he kind of said, it's not enough to say God loves us. We must go further and say God is love. That's what he's made of. Yeah, yeah. At, at you Divina every Monday night, Father Frank, uh, you, you often ask us just to listen to, to the text and see if it's speaking to ourselves and so on and so forth. And one of the thoughts that came to myself this week is, is, is what you've just mentioned there about Peter. How lucky we really, or fortunate we really are to have somebody like Peter there who was able to do what he did and yet recognise that, that he still loved Jesus in our heart. Yeah, yeah. We can still have that. Of course we have. We shouldn't deny ourselves. That. If human weakness uh, disqualified us from being followers of Jesus, there'd be no followers. We, we all have human weakness. 
But the, 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 the lesson we learn and that Jesus clearly, desperately wants us to learn from the story of Peter is he said, listen, your human weakness is not the problem. Mm-hmm. I know you're weak. Mm-hmm. That's why I died on the cross for you. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, want you, I want you to open your heart to my message. And you can be, a, despite all your human weakness, you can be a great witnesses to me. You can be a power for, you know, a powerful witness to the love of God uh, in the way you live your life, despite your human weakness. And uh, that's a very lovely message for you and me and everybody else. Because we, are, we all know we're fully human weakness. And, mm-hmm. and, but that is not a barrier to our being... Uh, witnesses to Jesus. Isn't that why Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday? Exactly. And therefore, sometimes we've we've tended, maybe in the past, and maybe sometimes people are afraid of these days, that I must obey rules and regulations. But you did remind us there, lecture Davina, this you know this um, this week, that it's much harder for us to love our neighbour. Yes. Yeah. To, to keep rules and regulations. Yeah. I remember, John, uh, after the Vatican Council in the 60s, you know, and there was great talk about the love of God. And some of the more uh, uh, people with a more old-fashioned outlook and maybe a very right-wing outlook, mm-hmm. they were saying, all you need to do now is love. You know, it was like the Beatles song, all you need is love, you know. But, but like, the more you reflect on the gospel, that's what the gospel is saying. And, they were, and the implication for people was when the church started talking more, about the love of Christ and the love of God expressed through Christ for us, uh, the implication was that it was softening the message. Nothing is further from the truth, John. The hardest thing you and I have to do every day of our life is to love our neighbour. Who is our neighbour? Whatever people we encounter that day and whatever people come into our heads to because we can show a distinct lack of love for people without saying anything, but our minds are full of anger towards them or judging them or whatever, um, but is to love the people we encounter that day, including the ones that annoy us, including the ones that have hurt us. That is, there's nothing more challenging than that. It's a lot easier, John, to keep regulations about fast and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Much easier. You get into the habit of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But you don't kick into the habit of loving your neighbour all day, every day. And so if there's one little message that you'd like us to take away from this gospel this particular week, is that a thing? Mm. Well, I, I, I think one of the things I'd, I'd be saying to people, to ask themselves the question, why are there so much, so much less people attending church at Easter than at Christmas? Mm-hmm. And... Asking people, I'd say to people, I'd love you to think about what Easter is really celebrating. It is celebrating the most momentous truth that there is eternal happiness for us with God in heaven. And uh, I just, and if people don't find themselves as excited about Easter as about Christmas, I'd love them to be talking about that, asking themselves that, and maybe. Just look up at the, the, the parts of the Gospels that tell us about the resurrection. And uh, it is very, very central, John, because, as I think I said earlier, if, um, if the event that we celebrate on Easter Sunday didn't happen, if Jesus remained dead in the tomb, as some people claim, then he was a total failure. 
despite all his miracles, he'd be just some kind of a magician who would hardly be remembered now in history. Sorry, there's just one more thing that I must mention just before we leave this section. You mentioned um, that expression there, eternal happiness, eternal life. Mm. Sometimes we haven't, no, got, we haven't got that. Can't get our head around it, like, you know, and I mean, of course we can't, like, because how can the thing go on forever, you know? But that's where, that's, that's another mystery, you know, and um, that's where Jesus was raising the bar so much, you know, when he came. And he said, bringing us a whole new vision of life and of the world, you know. And um, if we try to understand that, we'll get bogged down. There's no substitute, John, for taking down the Gospels, reading the stories in the Gospel, reading the accounts of Jesus, and how often he refers to eternal life. It's central to our Christian faith. And it's not about understanding it. It's about believing it and the evidence of Jesus. What a lovely way to finish up this part of the programme. Thank you so much, Father Frank, for, for sharing those few thoughts with us this morning and this what this wonderful day, this Easter Sunday. Go out with a final bit of music, and maybe this one is apt. This one is from the Limit Gospel Choir, and a beautiful piece of music. It's entitled, Oh Happy Day. So until next week, God bless you all now. Bye.
Sacred Space.